Yo, welcome back to the show. My dude, Mike Lee, is joining us. Uh, Mike was a world-renowned, number one rank at one point, uh, boxer. And I got a chance to meet him out here at On It. We did a cool-ass workout. We talked and quite a bit of his experience in the fight game uh, paralleled mine. Of course, if you followed me in the UFC, I never quite made it to a title shot. <laughs> I never even sniffed the belt. Um, but uh, many, many parallels in his fight career and mine. Many parallels in the awakening to health, as uh, we'll find out in this podcast with Mike. I had an absolute blast having him on. Um, he's fantastic. You know, he started an a incredible organic CBD company that has been a sponsor of the show for a while. And although I don't always have on guests uh, that sponsor, Mike is, you know, certainly uh, in a league of his own when it comes to his personal story. And I definitely wanted to share that with you all. Uh, check out his company, MySoulCBD.com. Code KKP will get you 15% off store-wide. And follow every one of our other sponsors because they make this show possible. We're brought to you by Organifi. Organifi is a line of organic superfood blends that offer plant-based nutrition with high-quality ingredients and less than three grams of sugar. Uh, I had Drew Canoli on the podcast back in the day. He's the Organifi founder and just one of the coolest dudes that I've ever had on the podcast. Um, blew my mind, really, with the stuff that he's into. So highly recommend listening to that one. But he set out on a mission to unite the world through health and happiness by providing access to high-quality nutrition, education, and community. These guys are more than a superfood company. They are a lifestyle with roots in transformational coaching and discovering the power of mindset and community in creating sustainable change. They only use the highest quality ingredients. So all of this stuff is organic, very high-end. You're not going to find any nasty fillers or anything like that. And like I said, only three grams of carbohydrate per serving. So not going to knock you out of ketosis or any of that stuff too if you're just following a general low-carb lifestyle. This is one of the ways that I round out my diet. I, I, I do eat vegetables, but typically it might be a starch or if I'm remaining low on carbs, I'm probably going to have some cruciferous or I, I, more than anything, I'm having fermented veggies. Um, but it doesn't lead me to, to really tackle any of these superfoods. And that's where the Organifi green juice comes in. Start your day with essential superfoods that help to reduce stress and reset your morning. Uh, the green juice has 11 superfoods for resetting the body and feeling amazing. It takes just 30 seconds with no chopping, shopping, juicing, or blending. That was a huge pain in the ass when I used to do that. I watched that, uh, what was it? Um, that old documentary on Netflix, Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead, and went on a ton of juice fast. It was great, probably too high in carbohydrates, but um, it's a lot of fucking work. And to be perfectly honest, I, I, we all lead busy lives, especially if we have kids, and even if we don't, and we're just grinding at our job and trying to make a name for ourselves or do whatever, I don't want to spend that much time at the grocery store chopping up celery when I get home and cleaning out a fucking <laughs> a juicer after the fact. Um, and I'm not going to, there's some ingredients that I'm just not going to get. I've never juiced ashwagandha when I had a juicer. This is 600 milligrams of clinically proven ashwagandha, which is an adaptogen. Uh, it really helps with resetting and managing cortisol levels. It's just fantastic. It's a feel-good um, adaptogenic plant. The green juice helps reduce food cravings, which is also phenomenal. So this is one of the ways that I finish off a meal. I've, many of you have heard me uh, mention the fact that I like to mix kratom with the greens juice, and that's a phenomenal way to make kratom taste better. It really tastes delicious. It tastes delicious and just played in water. Uh, no need for a blender. You don't need anything else really, but you can, I, we've added this to our smoothies and things of that nature where we want to have more protein and whatnot. And, um, it's just phenomenal. It encourages the feeling of healthiness and productivity at work and with your loved ones. My kids drink it. They absolutely love it. It contains vitamins, minerals, and antioxidants that you're not going to find in many of your store-bought fruits and veggies simply because they're just not as concentrated as this. And if you don't have time to juice, you can take this tasty green juice on the go. It's phenomenal on the road. I always travel with the packets. They are super easy to consume and break down. And, um, it always just leaves me feeling good. They are 100% USDA certified, organic, gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free, vegan, non-GMO, clinically proven ingredients with 100% organic whole food. They also have moringa in addition to ashwagandha, chlorella, and all sorts of other goodies in there. And I love the turmeric gold. This is my nighttime. So greens by day, reds by workout, gold by night. 
Gold has lemon balm and turmeric for inflammation and uh, just an easy way to calm myself before I get on my higher dose mat, chill out, read to bear, and then crash. Check it all out at Organifi.com slash KKP. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash KKP and use code KKP at checkout for 20% off everything in the store. We're also brought to you by Eaton Hemp. Eaton Hemp is a farm-owned hemp portfolio company out of upstate New York, focusing on using the most powerful benefits of hemp to create superfood products. They offer delicious and nutritious farm-to-table certified USDA organic hemp food products, including toasted hemp seeds and hemp hearts. Their products are tasty, a tasty addition to just about anything, including smoothies, salads, or your favorite healthy recipe. Not only do they boost the flavor, but they add a protein and fiber punch, omega-3 boost, and are loaded with micronutrients such as magnesium, zinc, and iron. You can add it to salads, smoothies, yogurt, soups, or just enjoy it by themselves. They're perfect to go snap. I've been adding it to uh, some of my Kalina coconut milk yogurt, and it just it, it's, it's exactly what it was missing. I get like a good serving of fiber. It adds a crunchiness that really gets me to chew yogurt. Yogurt's not that chewable per se, even though the Kalina's thick, um, and it adds uh, some protein, which is just phenomenal. Why the hemp hearts? Not only are they USDA certified organic and non-GMO, but... They are farmer-owned and show you exactly where they grow these seeds. They work tirelessly to bring you hemp products just the way nature intended. And remember, hemp is a phytoremediation plant, so it pulls good nutrients from the soil. But if it isn't USDA organic, it also pulls in toxins, pesticides, and heavy metals. So have a try. Taste the difference from their farm with love. You can check it all out at Eaton Hemp. That's E-A-T-O-N-H-E-M-P.com and use discount code KINGSBOO for 20% off. EatonHemp.com, code word KINGSBOO for 20% off. We're also brought to you by 8 Sleep Pod Pro. And I got to tell you, you know, many of you have read Sleep by Nick Littlehale upon my recommendation. And Aubrey Marcus talked about that in the book, Own the Day, Own Your Life. And many of you have heard the, the, or, you know, if at least listened to him on Rogan's, but heard of Dr. Matthew Walker, who wrote Why We Sleep. Sleep is one of the most important things when it comes to fat loss, recovery, mental emotional skills. He called that emotional intelligence. Um, the ability to learn a new skill and retain it, right? Uh, just like muscle growth, when I'm working out by day, that's catabolic. I actually build the muscle at night during my sleep, anabolic. Same thing goes for the, the mental faculties. I might try something new and learn something new during the day, but in order to actually get that systematically ingrained into my psyche, that all takes place during the evening hours. That takes place when I fall asleep. That's when I start to alchemize the things that I do by day. That's the alchemy takes place at night in the sleep. And the better you sleep, the better that alchemy happens. So how do we improve our sleep? Um, Nick Littlehale really dives into this in the book Sleep. But there's a number of ways we can hack the system. Temperature does this, and science can do this. Eight Sleep Pod Pro is a cover that will go over your already existing bed, and it really dispels a lot of these things because you know many people have heard that you need to sleep at 68 degrees Fahrenheit. That's a myth. Science suggests that there is no one single universal sleep temperature to give you deep and high-quality sleep. Sounds like food, right? Moreover, our sleeping temperature needs to change throughout the night as body temperature affects both your circadian rhythm and your sleep quality. However, the average mattress actually absorbs body heat, giving you those nasty night sweats and causing restlessness. Um, this is true, especially for a lot of the memory foam that's out there. The Pod Pro by 8Sleep is the most advanced solution on the market for thermoregulation. It pairs dynamic cooling and heating with biometric tracking. It comes in the form of both a mattress or a cover that you can put on your already existing mattress. The temperature of the Pod Pro will adjust each side of the bed based on your sleep stages, biometrics, and the bedroom temperature, reacting intelligently to create the optimal sleeping environment. This is super important if you have a partner who runs hot or runs cold. Typically, I run hot, my wife runs cold, so she wants more heat on her than I do, right? I like it more cold. Well, this is the perfect answer to that because we can have the same quilt. It's not like I need to double fold her blanket on top of her and have a thinner one over me. We can have the same covering. It looks fine. It looks, it's appealing to anybody that would step into our bedroom. And yet I can sleep at a cooler temperature than her. 
And this thing learns about you as you go. Um, they have a ton of evidence that shows the results of their work. Eight sleep users fall asleep 32% faster, and they reduce sleep interruptions by 40% and get overall more restful sleep. And you can back this up on your own, N equals one, using an Aura Ring or a Whoop watch. Check this all out. Don't take my word for it. Head over to eightsleep.com slash KKP and check out the Pod Pro. You're going to save 150 bucks at checkout using the promo code KKP. That's E-I-G-H-T sleep.com slash KKP and then promo code KKP gets you 150 bucks off the pod pro. Last but not least, we're brought to you by Upgraded Formulas. We had CEO and founder Barton Scott on the podcast and we dropped a ton of knowledge together. I learned a lot from this guy. Since that podcast, I have gone ahead with the hair mineral analysis and was blown away to find out that we had really highly, my son and I had high levels of aluminum. Um, blown away by that fact. He's only six years old. And, you know, in upcoming podcasts, I will dive much deeper into the why behind that. But really, I would have had no idea about this. Um, and of course, heavy metals lead to what? Neurodegeneration, neurodegen- <laughs> neurodegenerative diseases. There we go. Um, such as Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and dementia. That's something you want to catch very early on. You do not want to fuck around and wait until you can't remember. And then it's like, oh, well, I've had heavy metals my whole life and I can't think anymore. Who are you? And I'm looking right at my wife. Fuck that. That's not how I'm going out. You can find this out early and treat yourself. And they do consultations. They do all sorts of stuff. In addition to the hair mineral analysis, which I think is a must, they will tell you all of the things that you're absorbing and not absorbing. If you have too much, you can have too much of a good thing. And with certain things like zinc and copper, they actually compete with one another. So if you have really high zinc from slamming zinc lozenges all winter long, that might throw off your ability to absorb copper. If your copper is really high, your zinc may be low. You're going to find this stuff out and, and you can have too much of a good thing where something moves from a medicine dose to a poisonous dose. You're going to get all of this information and more. Head over to UpgradedFormulas.com. You'll save 15% on your first purchase with code KKP15 at checkout. That's UpgradedFormulas.com and use code KKP15 at checkout. All right. Without further ado, welcome my man, Mike Lee from Soul CBD to the podcast. All right, I got us clapped in. Uh, Mike Lee is on the podcast, and uh, since I met you, this is a podcast I've been wanting to have, and and so this is awesome that you're here with me. Um, not face-to-face, unfortunately, but we did get to meet at least face-to-face, which is great. You were asking me some book recommendations, and I thought, you know what, this is just like fucking <laughs> typical podcast uh, shit gets stated before the podcast starts, so I want to um, just <laughs> let the listeners know um, some of the books I was recommending. And, um, of course, uh, I have recommended them on other podcasts, but people still hit me up all the time. They're like, Hey, uh, what book are you reading right now? I'm just finishing, uh, the invisible rainbow by Arthur Furstenberg. All these will link to them in the show notes. Uh, it's a brilliant book on electricity, how we are electrical. It, it actually combines the wisdom and knowledge of the body electric from Robert O'Becker with uh, the teachings of Gerald Pollack, the fourth phase of water, and a whole host of other shit that's just phenomenal. But it's really a history lesson on the history of electricity and how it impacts us as electrical beings. It's a mind-blowingly awesome book that uh, Dr. Thomas Cowan recommended. It's on Audible as well. Then we talked about the Yugas. Um that's on the 25,000-year cycle of time. The fourth, uh, the fourth turning, which is on 80-year cycles or smaller, smaller uh, I forget what they call those, those 80-year periods, but we're in, it, we're in the, the crisis period for 20 years, and we've got seven years left. So that, that's, that's what we're talking about. And then, of course, The Madness of Crowds, which I've recommended many, many times by Douglas Murray, is a phenomenal book I think everyone should check out. Boom. There it is. Boom. There All it is. Up starts before the recording. <laughs> That's right. That's always the case, man. You go grab a shake or something like that. And then it's like, we're in the Onyx Cafe drinking a shake. And I'm like, well, actually, can we, can we put a button in this and save it till we get a, let's put a pin in it. We got to come back. We got, we got to bring this up on the podcast. Yeah. So anywho, um, brother, it's great having you on the podcast. Um, we share a lot in common. Um, for people yeah. who don't, who, 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 I mean, Mike Lee does sound like a pretty standard name. It was like John Smith almost. 
<laughs> Tell us about your life growing up. Uh, what got you into boxing and fighting and, and really, you know, just, just lay out the path. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, we used to get punched in the face in front of uh, a lot of people on TV. And that's a pretty uh, rare thing to have in common to do for a living. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I got into boxing young at, at about eight years old. I was always an athlete obsessed with competing. Um, but something about boxing really took off. And I don't know if it was, you know, what I had innate with within me with uh, my physical talents or, you know, it was learned over the years, but, you know, I started st sparring pros before I even had my driver's license. And it was just something that I, I felt like I could see punches roll with them. I loved the energy. It scared the shit out of me, but also excited the shit out of me. And I think that combination and that adrenaline rush really got me into it. So um, I ended up, you know, having a, a smaller amateur career relatively fought in the golden gloves um, you know, fall all around Chicago and then got signed by top rank when I was 21 and my career kind of took off. Had a lot of friends and family that told me to, uh, not take this route and told me how dangerous it was and the success rate and, and all that kind of stuff. But I knew in my heart that if I didn't go for it, I'd always regret it. And I think I've always kind of lived my life that way. And, you know, whether the first fight I'd, I'd break my hand and never fight again, or I became world champion, I just wanted to go to bed at night knowing I went for it. And so I'm so grateful through all the ups and downs that I did that. And 10 years later, I am grateful enough to have an awesome career. I had 22 fights. I finished 21 and one. My last three years, I was top 10 in the world, top five. My last two fights, I won a couple belts. And then my last fight, I fought for the IBF world title at the MGM Grand um, against Caleb Plant, who's now fighting Canelo Alvarez in November Unfortunately, I didn't get the win on that one. Um, I got knocked out. It got stopped in the third round, even though I, I felt like I could have kept going as all fighters feel like they could. But um, yeah, you know, I sit back here just super grateful for my career. I think it, it ended because of injuries and an autoimmune disease that I was diagnosed with about five, six years into my career that we can dive into. But it was my time. You know, I'm 34 years old now and I want to focus on the next knock on wood 70 years of my life where I can start to heal because you know better than anybody, this sport takes a toll on your body, your mind, your soul. And if you're not 100% in it and 100% obsessed and dedicated, um, there's another guy around the corner you're going to fight that will knock you out who is. And that's what happened to me. I, I lost the love for it the last few fights. I started fighting for the wrong reason. And I think that pain was really kind of the catalyst that um, helped me uh, get out of something that I would have stayed in way too long. Yeah, I love that, brother. And, and, and so many parallels there. You know, when I was when I was, I think, in 2012, I mean, before I got into fighting it, I always said, um, I'll take it as far as I can go. But if I become a 500 fighter in mm. any one organization, so whether that was Rage in the Cage, you know, these are still pro fights, but, you know, the lower level shows or the mid level shows like King of the Cage or, you know, if I make it to the UFC and I'm fighting at the highest level, if I, if I don't win more than half the time, I need to retire. And the reason for that is it's not baseball, you know, like your body is, is gonna, it, it's gonna have, you, you might, it, the knockout might be instantaneous, but the long-term repercussions are undeniable. And I knew that this would just be, uh, however small, just a moment in my lifetime, you know, the whole fight career is just a moment. And so that, that really started to weigh on me and I made it, I was at, I actually took my third loss in a row and right then was 500. And I had, um, I had a lot to think about and I went for it one more time and just got my ass kicked by Pat Cummins. And that was, so it was like, all right, thank you. It's just yeah. an easy, an easy way to be shown the door. Uh, maybe not so easy, but yeah, it's, um, my mind was already in other directions though, as well. You know, like I was already thinking about having kids and what am I going to do next? And just a lot of other things were circling around there. Thankfully, I, I really had, you know, through, through the teachings of Paul check found my health and found my ability to really hone in on, um, healing from injuries and things like that. Talk about that path for you. I mean, explain sure. your autoimmune disease, explain these things. If people are like, man, shit, dude, you, you've lost once and then retired. Obviously there's a lot more to it than that. You know, it's not just a, yeah, I lost the title and decided to give it up. I mean, 
Yeah. I have a good friend of mine, uh, Noad Lahat, who's been on the podcast. He's Israeli army, uh, fantastic fucking guy. One of my, one of my best friends that I trained with for a long time at American kickboxing Academy and out in Vegas. And he's been battling Crohn's pretty much his whole life. You know, like I, I can't imagine having that type of an uphill battle with the, the weight of a training camp, you know, and, and multiple fights a year that just mind blowing to me. Yeah. Well, so I got diagnosed in, in 2014 and basically I'll, I'll circle back. I was, I was young, undefeated. I think I was about 12 and 0. I just fought at Madison Square Garden. I was getting national exposure on, you know, big subway commercials and I fought on ESPN and I just felt like I was immortal loving what I was doing. And then all of a sudden I started getting really, really bad pain, um, daily headaches, um, issues with, um, my joints flaring up. And, uh, I spent almost two years in and out of hospitals trying to figure out what was wrong with me. And at my lowest point, I was on eight different medications. It was, it was really ugly. I eventually was diagnosed with an, a couple autoimmune diseases. One was ankylosing spondylitis and the other was lupus. And I think what happened is my body was in fight or flight for so long that whatever was happening, um, in my body was, you know, those genes were finally upregulated, you know, I was HLA B 27 positive and had a couple of the indicators that kind of steered doctors towards this autoimmune diagnosis. Um, you know, having said that, I, I definitely don't subscribe to that. I don't believe that I'm going to have this for the rest of my life. And I, I really put it out of my mind. And with the exception of podcasts and kind of explaining my story, um, I, I rarely say, you know, autoimmune disease because I don't want to associate with it. And that's a whole kind of mental side that, that I dove into afterwards. But after that, and finally starting to get better and naturally healing, it was, it was out of necessity, man. I, I just, I knew a ninth medication wasn't it. I mean, they had me on antidepressants. They had me on anti-anxiety. I was on, um, Humira stabbing my leg every two weeks. And it was just like, you know, no shit. I'm depressed and, and no shit. I have anxiety. I don't get to do what I love and I'm in pain, you know? So let's find the root cause. And it was really, that whole experience of laying in hospital beds and seeing myself on TV a few times and, you know, knowing that people had no idea what I was actually going through this like invisible pain that I had. And, um, it was that kind of pain that brought me to this whole world of health and wellness and discovering things outside of prescription medication that could heal me. And so that's how I discovered, you know, everything from mindfulness to breath work, to meditation, to infrared saunas, cold plunges, CBD, um, nutrition, all these different elements that I found started chipping away at, at my pain. And, um, I'm happy and grateful to say that I ended up getting back in the ring. I have my comeback fight on national television against another undefeated fighter, uh, on NBC sports. And I got a six round knockout. And, and that to this day was one of the best wins of my career, not because of the fight, but because I told myself, just get back in the ring. I told myself, you know, I don't know if I'm going to have 10 more fights or one more fight. And no one knew this except myself and my trainer and, you know, my father. But it was just an effort to get in the ring and prove to myself that I could I could get out of those hospital beds and back in the ring. So it was basically after that eight more fights that I was dealing with this. It was constantly putting Humpty Dumpty back together again. All the training camps was dealing with, you know, pain and, and flare ups. And, you know, we'd have to take multiple days off because, uh, the meds weren't working right. And it was just a battle and I started to lose the love for it. Um, but you know, I, I wanted to keep grinding until I could get to the world title cause I kept winning. But, um, in, in my mind, I just, I didn't have the passion for it. And, um, I was just grateful that other things I found passion in like health and wellness and, um, like helping people and instilling people with hope that also have gone through autoimmune, uh, diseases and challenges. And so been retired for a year and a half now, and I'd be lying if I said I didn't miss it. You know, it, it's funny. I don't know if you've seen this. I, I saw this, um, this docu-series on Showtime called the four Kings. It's about, uh, Roberto Duran, uh, Sugar Ray Leonard, Marvin Hagler, and Tommy Hearns in their heyday. And I was watching this and so many things resonated with me. And the big thing for them is, and as you mentioned, is fighters often hang on way too long way past their prime. And for a casual fan, you look at that and you think like, why, why are you doing that? But what they, I guess they don't understand is it's so much more than the money. It's your identity. It's like, for me, I hung on, I think too long, even though I was in pain because it was the only thing I knew in the way I received love. It was entirely wrapped around my identity, fighting and, and winning. 
And so for me, it was like, well, what, what, who am I without this? And so that's, I think the thing that these great, great legends end up staying on too long because it's not about the money. It's about that feeling and identity that they don't want to let go of. Yeah. Feeling an identity is a massive, massive one. And, and particularly, you know, the, there, there's the mental emotional side of that, the feelings that you have of, you know, a feeling of importance. Like this is what I do and it's well fucking respected. You know, you don't have a desk job. You're not doing the things everyone else does. You are different, you know, and that's, that's a really slippery slope. It's a fucking greasy wheel that you want to hold on to, you know, but I think, I think just as, um, just as much is the feelings that you have physically, the neurochemistry of the fight, you know, like there's, there's very few things that, that stimulate you in that way. You know, I, I, I haven't, I've I've been overseas and done many tours for the tropes, but not like, um, I haven't been in combat, you know, and, and I don't think that I can understand what that's like, but I can understand it when, you know, like my buddy, Andy Stump, who's, who's been on the show, a former Navy SEAL, he comes back and he's like, there's nothing I do here that's even close to that. So that's why he loves doing squirrel suit jumps and fucking, you know, he's, he shoots some ridiculous shit for Red Bull, base jumping and jumping out of airplanes. And, and that's the only thing that scratches the itch, even remotely close to what it was like for him. And so I think for, for, you know, for fighters in particular, I mean, like Ricky Henderson can play baseball till he's 80 and he's not going to get fucked up for it. You know, like it's totally fine if he wants to play uh, in a uh, intramural softball league until he's 80. Go for it, Ricky. That's totally cool. But for fighters, there, there is, there's a cost to that. But at the same time, like you're just not going to, where else are you going to find that feeling? You know, especially having fought at the garden, like <laughs> there's no feeling like it, dude. There's just yeah. no feeling like it. So I think that's, that's an important piece um, that's hard to overcome for a lot of people as well. Yeah. And I think it, it takes a lot of courage and like self-awareness to, to hang it up and, and say you're done too. You know, I, I, I had this crazy moment, this last fight. I, I don't know about you, but every single fight you always, you're nervous, right? If, if you're not, anybody who says they're not nervous, they're fucking lying, like point blank, right? It's just how you calm those nerves and how you turn that nerve, those nerves into excitement instead. Right. And so I was very good at that early in my career and coming out of the tunnel, you know, you hear the stadium roaring, you know, you're about to go to battle, you know, you could get really, really hurt or even die tonight. But all 21 of the previous fights, I was never worried about getting hurt. I was more worried about losing and getting embarrassed. Right. And so I had this like dog in me, you know, I, I, the fight before the world title fight, I broke my rib in the second round and went eight more rounds with a broken rib. We get back to the dressing room, I collapse. They had to take me to the hospital in the hospital for, you know, till 4 a.m. that night. Like the pain never scared me, but all of a sudden, and I think that was almost to my detriment, right? And so call it God, the universe, whatever it is, flip the script on me to where all of a sudden I got nervous about getting hurt. And I think that was really what pushed me to retire. In fact, I'll never forget coming out of the limo um, in the MGM Grand before my world title fight. We're, we're walking in, they've got cameras in your faces. Um, you're about to walk in the dressing room and, and do that whole thing. And I had this really scary thought come over my, come over me and I was smiling. So no one knew, but I thought to myself, are you going back to the hospital tonight? Are you going to the hospital tonight? Or are you going back to your hotel room tonight? It was a really weird thought that kind of went over, uh, went through me and like shook me. And I kind of knew at that moment, I was not in a good mental state. It had nothing to do with the moment I'd fought on big stages, nothing to do with the opponent. In fact, he wasn't known as a big puncher. So it was just something that needed to happen in me. And for the first time I was worried about getting hurt. And I think that it was like my body, it was God, the universe kind of telling me like, you know, go out there, fight your ass off a win or lose, like, you know, this has to be it. And I think that moment really made me realize like win or lose, even if I win this belt, I, I need to be done because, um, if you go into a fight scared of getting hurt, you're, you're never going to win. Yeah. That's gotta be the last thing on your mind. You know, like you want to hurt your opponent, but you're not worried about getting hurt. I've had a few of those where, <clears throat> you know, Glover Teixeira, I was fucking petrified. Like I was yeah. just looking at him just this, I mean, even at the weigh-ins, I'm looking at him and John Hackleman's his coach and I've trained with Hackleman and Chuck Liddell. And I'm like, Oh God, I know exactly how hard these guys punch, you know, but anyways, uh, 
Uh, similarly, on on that mental emotional piece, you know, I dealt with really deep depression, um, but it happened after college football, and it and it it went on until I started fighting. But at that, you know, when college ended for me, um, I talked about this on my twelfth podcast, a solo cast that I did years ago when I first made it out here to Austin, and um, it was pretty fucking low. And I had, you know, all the prescriptions I wanted. I had prescription pain meds. I had um, anti-anxiety pills. I had two milligram Xanax, 10 milligram Valium, Klonopin. You fucking I could get whatever I wanted. <clears throat> None of it worked. And it wasn't until I really started to fight that it gave me a reason to take care of myself. And in taking care of myself, <clears throat> excuse me, in taking care of myself, I started to feel better. My outlook started to change. And then I got to, with plant medicines, really take a deeper dive into looking at my past, looking at myself, how I view the world to, to fully heal that. But I can't imagine what that would be like happening in my fight career. I mean, I, I know for a fact that anti-anxiety medication fucked my cardio up royal. Like it, it really took its toll on, on my gas tank. Talk about how that played. Like when did that start with... Um, antidepressants and anti-anxiety and things like that. Did that, was that throughout your career or, I mean, explain that, that piece of it. Yeah. I mean, and that's a great point. I, I don't, I'm not sure. And I don't know if anybody knows yet if getting hit in the head and performing at that high level and all that, how much of it is a mental aspect or how much it is an issue of, you know, traumatic brain injury, whatnot. But I, I felt all those same things. I think with the anti-anxiety medication, I was just having panic attacks I don't know how much of that was my own psyche in terms of, I was nervous of, you know, what do I do next? What's wrong with me? It was really scary or how much of that was actually um, a physical situation, but um, it ended up making me like too calm and I was having trouble training. And that's actually how I discovered CBD because I was searching for a way to calm my nerves, but not take, uh, I think lorazepam is what I was on, not take those prescription medications, which basically didn't make me a killer in the ring. Like I would jump in the ring for sparring and I just, I wasn't excited. It kind of made me um, a, a duller version of myself. And I mean, fuck, you know, when you're in the ring, like that guy's trying to kill you and you need to be sharp and on point. So that's how I, you know, discovered a bunch of other natural solutions and started myself diving into kind of plant medicine. And I kind of realized this was going to be a much more of a, a mental hurdle than a physical. It's so interesting going from doctor to doctor and some of the best experts in the world spending all this money. They all want to point to what's wrong with you physically. And so few of these Western doctors sat down and asked me about my mindset, my psyche, what's going on? What am I eating? What am I consuming both mentally and, and physically? And so um, that kind of woke me up to this and I started diving in. I mean, I went to like Tony Robbins conferences. I was reading Joe Dispenza books. I was just all in because I knew that it was going to be a dark, dark road if I kept, you know, going down that path. But yeah, dealing with the anti-anxiety meds and trying to train was, was very difficult. And um, I got to a point where I had to find an alternative source. Yeah, that's phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. It's funny, you know, you talk CBD, uh, obviously we're going to dive deep into CBD, but cannabis for me was a crutch. When I, when I first got out of the house, I had a four foot bong. I smoked it every fucking day. I'd wake and bake when I was 19, uh, going to junior college in Arizona. And I was high all the time. And I really leaned on that until, you know, I, it was just numbing. And then um, I quit entirely when I started fighting and it wasn't until midway through my career that I saw that as a potentially good thing to help me sleep at night. Like, Oh, Hey, all right. THC is probably not that bad. Uh, we've got some good organic growers here in California. Let me, let me start, you know, microdosing this and seeing if it'll help me fall asleep so I can actually get sleep and recover for these fights. And it worked very well. And I feel like it healed my relationship with cannabis. Um, and then, of course, CBD, you know, I think people have heard me on, you know, when I when I talk about your company at the beginning of these shows, I was able to come off at eight ibuprofen a day with CBD. I mean, wow. I was I'd have two workout, two hard workouts a day. Sometimes a third would be just cardio. And I wouldn't I wouldn't take any ibuprofen for that. But if I have two major training sessions in a day, I'd have four ibuprofen. So 800 milligrams uh, for, you know, each time I train, basically. Yeah. And I did that for fucking years, not knowing what it was doing to my stomach lining, 
um, not really knowing the consequences because it's over the counter. It's like, hey, yeah, they're selling this in stores. It's got to be okay for me, right? Um, so really when I started taking a, you know, through how to eat, move and be healthy by Paul check, really understanding the impact of this stuff and understanding food's impact, sleep's impact, all of these different things, um, that, that really helped me to understand I need to come off. I just had nothing to replace it with. Mm. But when CBD came around, it was like, oh, here's something I can take. That's not going to get me high, but it is going to make me feel better. It's going to lower my, my, my inflammation, which will ultimately quiet the noise of the pain signal in my body. It allow, allows me to sleep better. I mean, it just did so many things that I started weaning off ibuprofen. And over time, I didn't have to take any of it. I mean, I'm fucking blown away. Like I have, I have been a fan for many years because of that, you know, probably a decade now um, because of its ability to help me come off of, of drugs, really, you know, not yeah. the good drugs, not the good drugs at all. Yeah. I mean, that's incredible. And we've heard, you know, so many people give those same type of feedback about it. You know, I, I never really was into smoking. I, I didn't like the way THC made me feel. That was just kind of like a personal preference and not to demonize THC, but you know, I think it, it can be dangerous when you're young, you know, your, your prefrontal cortex isn't done developing. Your brain isn't done developing. I think until you're about 25 years old, I remember I went to go see, um, Dr. Daniel Amen, who's like a, a well-known, um, neurologist and he has the Amen clinic where they take uh, spec brain scans. And so I went there a couple of years ago and he was kind of telling me and showing me results of people who at a young age were, um, you know, drinking, doing Coke, um, smoking. And it was almost just, weed was almost just detrimental, which is kind of scary if, if you're smoking at a very young age before the brain is developed. So what's kind of beautiful about CBD and the other cannabinoids is they're non-psychoactive. Um, you know, they, they come from the marijuana and the hemp plant, but for me, I, I really loved, um, not zero THC, uh, products a, because I was getting tested by WADA throughout my career. And, and that was obviously a huge concern and I needed to, you know, pass all those tests to fight, to fight and everything. But, um, I just didn't enjoy how I felt when I got high and I kind of still, I still don't. Um, having said that I, I have a lot of buddies that, either, you know, play ball in the NFL, they fight that, you know, may, they smoke for pain. I, I think that's incredible. And I think if it works for you, THC can be a, a very valuable tool um, in your arsenal. But for me, I, I think CBD has so many other benefits where you don't need to get high and you don't need to alter your state of mind. Um, you know, it, it's a massive anti-inflammatory. And as you mentioned earlier about the ibuprofen, I was the same way. And I think that really, really hurt my autoimmune issues, my gut lining, um, and to this day, I'm still dealing with the effects of taking so much Tylenol and ibuprofen and painkillers throughout my career. And CBD helped me get off of those in a safe, natural way. I mean, you could walk down the street right now and go to CVS, Walgreens, and go buy a bottle of Tylenol, take the entire bottle and kill yourself, right? But CBD has no toxicity. You can't overdose on it, right? And it's incredible that the FDA will fully approve something like that or something like opioids where hundreds of thousands of people have been killed in the past few years from this, yet it's fully approved and doctors write it off. And you have something like CBD, marijuana, hemp that's been demonized for years and years and there's no toxicity. You can't overdose. I mean, let's talk about risk reward. So for me, I started opening my eyes and learning, oh, this shit is all about money. And if you can't patent it, they can't make money off it, these drug companies. But all I know is it's helped millions of people over the past thousands of years that this plant has been around. So, you know, it was just an amazing alternative to me that changed my life completely. And I'm just grateful that I get to kind of be on platforms like this and spread the word and talk about my experience and, um, you know, hopefully give one person an idea of shit. Maybe I should try that because as I mentioned, um, the risk is really low and the reward is really high. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's no, I don't think there's an LD 50 for CBD. It's funny. I was just watching a video this morning. I usually watch my, the, the hard to digest shit that has to do with deep state or the world ending. I'll, I'll watch that when I'm in the sauna or, or out for a walk during the day. I can't, I can't digest that stuff at night. It'll keep me awake at night. And a buddy of mine sent me this brilliant video from Russell Brand. We'll link to it in the show notes of him dis discussing the fucking <laughs> the the absurdity that the FDA. I mean, the FDA used to be um, something that was 100 percent funded through tax dollars. 
right? So it's like our money's going to go to fund an agency that's going to look out for us and protect us from potentially harmful food additives and things like that, and as well as drug companies. And then they opened that doorway up to be uh, to get outside funding for things. Well, the outside funding all comes from the big pharmaceutical industry. They're the ones paying to get f- uh, a drug fast tracked, and and they might do it through you know um, patient advocacy. <laughs> Yeah, which is fucking pure comedy. Like, oh, these guys are going to die. They don't have ten years to wait until this thing is, is approved. Get it out now. You know, it, does that sound like anything we're going through right now? You know, like get it out now. Get it out now. And uh, and and yet they don't know. You know, they have no idea what the long term effects are of these things. Uh, but it's pay to play. You know, and and, and the brand video is great because he he really just goes through it so eloquently with the British accent, but really just he. he tells it how it is. And he says he is pro science, you know, and he talks about the, the argument of that is just comical to say, mm-hmm. you know, like we lo- I love technology. We're recording right now using technology that, that science helped to create. Fuck. Yeah, I'm in. Um, but when it's, when it's bought and paid for, um, that makes science a little different, you know, and certainly that's, that's kind of the world we're living in right now. And uh, anywho, it's it's. It, I just circle back. You know, Dennis McKenna, who is an ethnobotanist and one of the greats when it comes to plant medicines and understanding about these things. He he talks about the orchestra that is Mother Nature. How everything is in harmony and the harmonics of such. From a, um, I don't think he gets into this, but I get into that. You know, in, in, is it intelligently designed? I think it's. The more you look into it, it's unequivocally so. It is intelligently designed. Like the fact that we have a cannabinoid system in our body and plants that function within that system endogenously and exogenously from our own production to the external production, like that is harmonious. Mm -hmm. And there are a number of other plants to psychedelics that function within our serotonergic system. All You you can't give it to – an earthworm might not – you know, you could blow fucking DMT on an earthworm. It might not change a damn thing, but our consciousness is greatly affected and our bodies are greatly affected. And, and that's through that orchestra. That is nature. Nature didn't make mistakes when it comes to this stuff. Um, and that's nature with a capital N you want to call that big G God or, uh, the universe or whatever, any of those terms, consciousness, the all consciousness. Um, it's undeniable. The, the interconnectivity of the great system that we're a part of, not the governmental system that is um, policing us right now and trying to censor us, but the the divine system that holds this thing together and animates all life is truly perfect. So when I think about things like that, like how is it that something could have such a benefit for the body and no side effects, no uh, ability to kill a person, you know, like that's, that's just, it's remarkable. It's absolutely remarkable. It is. And and I definitely think that there is a place, obviously, for Western medicine. I mean, we've made in the past hundred years uh, so many advances that have saved lives and, and changed the course of history. However, it's not the end all be all. And I always say that to people, you know, CBD um, was a piece of the puzzle for me. It wasn't the entire puzzle. I'd, I'd be lying if I said that. It, everybody is is unique. Every single body and mind and soul is unique. And there's different pieces in your life, mentally, physically, that need to be adjusted. But Western medicine can't answer all those questions. I just know firsthand they can't. And while it, it's incredible when you're thinking of emergencies or um, abortive, um, you know, medicine, when you think of preventative, I just don't think it's doing the job. And I think that, you know, we need to get back to uh, the basics. You know, we have millions and millions of people in this country alone that are chronically ill, like 33% of Americans are obese. We need to look at what we're eating and what we're consuming both mentally and physically. And so it took me getting to a really, really dark place and on all these medications to come to this conclusion. But uh, I'm glad I have because now I get, you know, the rest of my life to kind of correct all the mistakes that I, I made during my career when um, I think I was doing things just out of pure necessity, regardless of uh, what it was doing to my my mind and my body. Absolutely, brother. You know, there's another great point that you brought up with regard to THC. And I don't know, I, I think if I was to say, if I was to guess uh, how this happened, I, w- I think it's from my use with ayahuasca, but THC for me 
Um, like I said, I had leaned on it so much. It was, I mean, I could have fairly high quantities, you know, like not Snoop Dogg level, but I could have really high quantities of THC and operate just fine when I was doing it every day. And even after the time off, when I reintroduced it later in my fight career on a lesser level, um, it still really boded well. But the more I got into working with ayahuasca, I'm not sure if it's ability, if it's the abilities of it to strip and clean my receptors, but the tiniest amount would rocket ship me. And I have, um, you know, again, no problem, right? Like it's, you know, what determines if something's medicine or poison is the dose, right? So uh, I continue to scale my dose back with THC and, and I found a very, very light dose on the spectrum, like half a milligram, one milligram to be like my high point of comfort. I can take more, but there's going to be some discomfort. Um, so it's interesting because, you know, I always used to be a guy who really liked um, CBD products that had 0.3% THC for that reason. Like, hey, all right, cool. I get a little bit of THC and I get the, the, the CBD with it. And over time, that has completely changed. And the reason for that is I've had a couple experiences where I wanted to take a high dose of CBD either from an injury or, um, you know, I read one of these books like battle him that I told you about before the podcast. <laughs> I'm like, I need to fucking turn. I need to just lock down this anxiety for a second here and make sure I sleep tonight. And the THC content can actually climb pretty fucking high. It can climb really high. If you're taking, you know, five, um, 30 milligram doses of the CBD and it's at 0.3% THC, you're going to end up having a, a fairly decent dose, like an edibles dose. And, um, I just, I just love the fact that I can, I can scale at any level and it's still 0.0% THC with your CBD company. I mean, talk about forming, if people haven't guessed, obviously you have, you started your own CBD company. It's an organic CBD company. Um, it is my favorite CBD company. We advertise with you guys, my soul CBD and, um, I just love the fact that I can have that 0.0. And if there's a time where I need to take 150 milligrams, I can, and there's no, there's, I don't have to look out for the double-edged sword when it comes to that. Mm, that's a great point. Yeah. I, I started the company uh, three years ago with my sister. Um, she's my co-founder and I was still in my career, but I, the timing was actually serendipitous because I had just broken my rib in that fight I'd mentioned so when you break a rib, there's not much you can do. You know, it's not like I broke my hand. I can still run and go to the gym. So I had about six months off because it was a really bad break. And um, I was obsessed with CBD and all natural alternatives and plant medicine. And so we just kind of started as a side hustle. Uh, in one of her spare bedrooms, we were, um, you know, I had a buddy of mine who uh, worked with one of the best farms in the country, um, uh, hemp farms. And so we ended up kind of sourcing through them initially. and. Um, it just blew up and now we have 16 employees and we're helping thousands and thousands of people every single month. And it's been a beautiful journey, um, all online, direct consumer. And so for, for me, as I mentioned earlier, the zero THC option was really important. Um, you know, and we have a lot of other, uh, capsules and products that have other ingredients that do some heavy lifting as well that we're super proud of that have, you know, adaptogens and nootropics and, um, you know, a lot of other ingredients that are, are well-known, well-studied um, and well-tolerated, most importantly. So for us, it kind of just started as like, as I mentioned, a little side hustle and it just grew and grew because we realized so many people were dealing with pain and anxiety. You know, our three biggest pain points are pain, anxiety and sleep. And it's incredible that um, this compound CBD can do that. You know, as you mentioned earlier, all mammals have an endocannabinoid system. And so, um, you know, it's humans and even dogs and cats that are responding well now to CBD as more studies are coming out and there's more literature on the benefits of it. So it just kind of took off naturally. It was never a plan to, to blow this thing up and turn it into what it is today. Um, but I do think it was a beautiful thing because it, it gave me it gave me a what's next as well. Um, when the company really started to grow and I decided to retire about a year and a half ago, um, I think I probably would have kept fighting. I, I would have kept fighting or I would have done things that I wasn't passionate about. And so I'm very grateful that this gave me an outlet to pursue something that I feel passionate about, similar to sports and similar to boxing. Um, but I'm just, it's awesome that we can help so many people. Um, and another reason for the zero THC is, 
we have a lot of athletes. We have a lot of moms. We have a lot of, you know, moms that give to their kids, nurses, doctors. Um, but once again, I'm, I don't want to demonize THC. I, I just think it didn't fit for our brand and our community right now. Um, but, you know, we felt that CBD, CBN, and a lot of other ingredients could do the heavy lifting without the psychoactive element of THC. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's kind of what we've, we've stuck by as a company at Soul CBD. Oh yeah, it's fantastic. And one of the things that I love is, is you guys have, you know, a multitude of form factors. You know, the oils typically are, are my favorite way to take it. I talk about the watermelon mint being the best flavor and all that jazz. And I'll, I'll save that. <laughs> I guess I just gave you a fucking <laughs> big plug there, but <laughs> I said, I was, I'll save that for the ad reads. One of the things I wanted to get into though, is that you guys do have uh, a sleep cocktail and a pill that has melatonin and some other things. Talk about that and talk about the importance of mastering sleep from an organic standpoint, because this, this, it doesn't matter what we're talking about. When we're talking health and wellness, if you want to talk immunity, sleep is one of the foundational pieces of that. If you want to talk fat loss, sleep is one of the foundational pieces of that. Recovery from hard workouts, sleep, uh, <laughs> cognitive function, you want to have memory retention from the books that you're reading and be able to regurgitate the shit like I do on a podcast, sleep is a foundational piece of that. All of these things, um, you know, from, from when Matthew Walker first went on Rogan's, he did like six hours on Dr. Peter T as the drive. You know, he wrote the book, why we sleep super important, but it was, it was crazy to me that he hadn't started looking into some of the organic things that, that can help aid sleep. He had looked into, you know, the things you shouldn't do, like don't take Ambien. That's not actually making you sleep. And a lot of the medications that are out there. And again, it's, it's not fasting, Western medicine is just saying like, yeah. <laughs> it just is what it is, right? Like, like yeah. look to nature, look to lifestyle for preventative medicine, look to Western medicine for triage. Like I tore my right labrum doing a, a barbell snatch. And every time I punched, my arm would slide out of the socket. I have a functioning shoulder because of Western medicine, but I'm not healthy because of Western medicine. You know what I'm getting at, but right. talk about talking about talking about, about you know the formulation of Dream and, and what what went into that because it's it's such a cool product. I take it every night. I absolutely love it, and I think it it really is something that can help a lot of people because a lot of people don't sleep well. Yeah, well, thank thank you. I mean, it means a lot. I I love hearing from people that they love that product. It's one of my favorites. I I take it almost every single night as well. Um, all of our capsules and and products have been doctor formulated, and this one in particular, I'm really proud of. Um, you know, the dream capsules have a lot of different ingredients outside of, uh, CBD that promote with sleep, but you made a great point earlier that just cause you're getting sleep doesn't mean it's good sleep. Right. And so what I started doing and what we started testing with, um, a bunch of different participants was their actual sleep cycles, testing their deep sleep, their REM cycles, how it increased, decreased. And we started giving them our dream capsules and CBD and me, myself, I noticed that. I wasn't getting good sleep and I thought I was. So I'd wear the whoop band and track my REM cycles. And I noticed that, you know, I was getting about like 69 to 72% recovery and I just couldn't figure it out why. So I started taking dream caps and all of a sudden that started spiking to 92% for me. And it's wild. And we did studies with um, a handful of people, athletes, non-athletes, um, their REM cycles started getting on point and increasing their sleep cycles started getting better. They started getting better sleep because of, these natural um, ways and alternatives to, to really dial into deep sleep. Cause as we know, that's how you recover. And especially as an athlete, you're getting beat up all day and, and it's your body's natural way to recover. Um, we have some awesome ingredients in there like melatonin, magnesium, uh, passion flower, chamomile, um, and, and CBD as well. So obviously melatonin people are more familiar with, um, you know, it's a naturally occurring hormone. It'll regulate your sleep cycle. We have three milligrams in there. Uh, which is nice because it's a little bit smaller dosage. If you want to take two, you're more than fine to do that. Um, and the magnesium is another thing that um, I've been very, very passionate about. Um, you know, it's a mineral that's well studied, well known, well tolerated, promotes a, you know, steady, good state of sleep and relaxation, helps you fall asleep too, and, um, you know, can help with muscle recovery as well. So we basically just kind of took the best, most well known, well tolerated ingredients at the right amounts and put them into these dream caps. And it's by far one of our, our best selling products because people are just addicted to it uh, in a good way. Yeah, definitely, definitely in a good way. 
Well, what, what, where do you see uh, your life going now and where do you see this company going now? And those are, the, I mean, those as two separate questions. Maybe, maybe they're obviously interlocked, but you know, lo- what does life look like post fighting for you? Yeah, I'm still trying to figure that out. I, to be honest, you know, I, I think that there'll always be a, a little like a sense of wanting more, you know, and I'm sure you felt this too. I, I have dreams or nights where I, I think of a fight or I wake up and I miss that feeling, man. I, I definitely miss that, that feeling of that adrenaline rush of, and that sense of purpose, you know, and while I have, you know, this company and, and other things that definitely fill my cup, it, it's just never the same as fighting in front of thousands of people and putting your life on the line and, and just risking it all for something you believe in and having teammates and brothers that work with you. So for that, I'm, I'm still searching for that. You know, I'm 34. I, I started surfing, which I'm obsessed with now and, and gets me the close um, feeling in terms of competing with myself and, and just that rush. But, um, you know, I, I think it's starting to get healthy. I had a career where I beat myself down for years and years. And so the, the next, as I mentioned before, you know, 60, 70 years of my life are about getting healthy mentally and physically and, and really opening up my mind to different modalities, um, getting more into plant medicine, getting more into cognitive behavioral therapy and working on, you know, healing my brain and and my body and my soul. Um, in terms of the company, you know, we just want to keep growing. I I don't have any specific, uh, goals in terms of top line or, you know, uh, number of sales or anything like that. It's really, I just want to help more and more people, um, continue product innovation. You know, we're coming out with, uh, a sleep gummy, for instance, and we're really building out this gummy pain point line. So we want to develop uh, gummies, a, a, you know, an easier mechanism for people sometimes that are adverse to taking pills. Uh, we want gummies that help with focus and have nootropics in it. We want gummies that help with sleep, gummies that help with anxiety. So we're really building out this with the team of doctors, um, this new product line that I'm really, really excited about. Um, and my sister is getting into more female focused products as well within soul CBD. So, um, it's just kind of taking it day by day, but yeah, still trying to find that, that thing and maybe I'll never find it, but that, that feeling, that adrenaline rush, whatever you want to call it, that I still do miss. I'd be lying if I said I didn't, but, um, just taking it day by day. That's beautiful, brother. Yeah. I, I mean, it took me, I've been retired now since 2014, so seven years and, I refused to train Muay Thai <laughs> for like probably four years after that <laughs> because I knew if I trained it, then I'd want to spar. And if I sparred and I, you know, I was learning something new and I'm able to land it, then all right, man, maybe I'll, maybe I'll t- try it one more time because you do make improvements, you know, and, and with a fully recovered body that's not banged up from the grind, it's easy to have those thoughts of like, well, fuck, man, I've never been this healthy. Maybe yeah. I bring it, maybe I run it back, you know, and yeah. I didn't know any, I didn't know about sauna and ice bath and Wim Hof breathing. And I didn't know about this. I didn't know about dispensa. I didn't know about all these different things. Um, finally, I'm in a position now where I can safely say like, I'm, I'm good. I'm not going to fight again. Um, and I have started training more Muay Thai and, and jujitsu. And I, and I love that. I love the fact that I can get in there and I can get a hard workout in it. No, it's not even close to the same thing. But at the same time, it's just different. There's a different feeling, you know, uh, when you throw on some good tunes, you're jumping rope, you shadow boxing, you, you throw on the wraps and you fucking bang the bag a bit. That's different than going for a run. It's different than lifting weights. And, you know, I love running and I love lifting weights too, but it's, it's nice to have that back in the arsenal because I think that tickles a piece of me where it's like, you know, I, ha- I have a fucking, I have an arsenal of guns. Uh, I hope to God I never have to shoot another human being, but I have those and I practice with them often just in case, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, it's nice that I can keep myself tuned and keep the blade sharp, if that makes sense. Still having the same prayer. I hope that God, I never knock somebody out or need to, but, or need to defend myself or my family. But at the same time, if I feel the equivalency is there, then that allows me to sleep a little bit better at night, especially having little kids and, and seeing the world the way that it is right now. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I, I'm happy to hear that because I'm not quite there yet. I'm like almost two years retired and I get, I've stepped in a boxing gym maybe three times in two years. I kind of just, 
I, maybe it's PTSD or something, but I definitely still need. And like I said, I think surfing right now for me serves that, but everyone needs like that outlet. But I do miss that feeling of like, maybe you had a bad day or, or just, just kind of feeling like, oh shit, I still got it and hitting the bag. And I don't know if that'll take another six months or another six years, but I do look forward to that when I can get back in the gym and, and be in there like with a smile on my face, not like, oh shit, mentally, you know, I go to that place of, well, I'm back at the place that caused me so much pain. Yet, you know, obviously I was obsessed and loved it. So I'm still kind of battling with that, but hopefully I'll, I'll be there in a few years like you. Yeah, it'll come, brother. It'll come, no doubt. No doubt about it. Well, where can people find you online, brother? Yeah, so our website is um, mysoulcbd.com. Um, you can find me at, at Official Mike Lee, um, you know, on Instagram. I'm usually on there. I, I love to answer DMs. Um, drop in there if you have any questions, whether you've dealt with autoimmune issues or have any questions about um, anything we spoke about today. I, I love connecting with, with people and, and trying to help in any way I can. Um, but yeah, I, I appreciate you having me on the show. This is a long time coming and, um, you know, look up to you and your career and, and everything that you've been preaching. So it's an honor to, uh, to be on the platform today, man. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on, Mike. We'll do it. We'll do it again down the road, brother. Sounds great.